How would you respond if you found out that your next door neighbor was destined to die 25 years earlier than you? How would that resonate with you? How would that touch your emotions? What would you be willing to do to help them if you found out that that was the case because of the conditions of their life, the conditions of their house, the conditions that they lived in, many of which were beyond their control? This is someone who's let you borrow sugar. This is somebody who's watered your plants when you're on vacation. This is somebody who has watched your kids from time to time when you needed help. What would you be willing to do for them? What would you be willing to part with, to sacrifice, if you knew that helping them could shave down that disparity by five years, 10 years, even the full 25? What would it look like in that scenario to love your neighbor as yourself? To bring fulfillment, as St. Paul said in the second reading, to the law of God. Mother Teresa, whose feast day we celebrated as a church yesterday, and we actually share the same birthday, so a little connection there, Mother Teresa. She once said this, for love to be real, it must cost, it must hurt, it must empty us of self. And as only saints can do, she draws us into the paradox of loving our neighbor as ourself. We first have to love ourselves. We have to be thankful for the selves that God has given us for our life and our health. We have to know ourselves and possess ourselves in our hands so that we can empty ourselves of ourselves as we love our neighbor. And strangely, as we empty ourselves of ourselves, we find ourselves with new clarity and greater vigor. These thoughts came racing to my mind a couple of weeks ago as I watched a Facebook Live. I'm sure we've all seen some live streams and things in this time of pandemic. That was hosted by a local group in the city called the Pledge Group. It's a group of black and white ministers of different denominations in the city which look to shrink the divide between races and between denominations. And in this event, there were two young professionals from our area that were giving testimony to how Christ had spoken to them and inspired them to commit themselves to a new project here in our city. The first person sitting there was a guy named Freddie Stokes. He grew up in Africatown, a predominantly poor and black community. He lived in the Happy Hills housing community. He attended Glendale Elementary School and Viger High School. And sitting right next to him was a young woman named Ann Brooks. She grew up in Daphne. She attended Bayside Academy throughout all of her school and high school, predominantly white and affluent community. And I appreciated how candid they both were, how honest they both were about how different their experiences were growing up, socioeconomically, racially, 
And they both honestly said when they, when Christ brought them into each other's lives to begin this work together, they both kind of paused for a minute and thought, how is this going to work out? We are so different. And to highlight how different their background was, they shared in their testimony this staggering statistic. Freddie grew up in Africatown, the 36601 zip code. Just four miles away from arguably the most affluent zip code in Mobile, the 36608 zip code. And the statistic they shared was somebody growing up in the 01 neighborhood, their life expectancy is 25 years less than people growing up four miles away in the 08 zip code. And although Anne grew up in Daphne, she grew up in a community very similar to the 08. And that statistic really bothered both of them. It did not settle well for either of them. And Freddie, you can understand, he grew up in this neighborhood and experienced it firsthand, but what about Anne? Why does that bother her? She told a beautiful story about going to the University of Alabama and signing up for a mentoring class in which each student was paired with a young student in, the, in a low-income community in Tuscaloosa. And every week they would meet with this student and mentor them and help them with their schoolwork. And then they would come back and process that together. And Anne very honestly said it was the first time in her life she ever stepped out of the bubble in which she was raised. It was the first time she ever experienced poverty firsthand, and Christ, through that experience, touched her heart. She graduated, worked as an accountant for a couple years, but Christ brought her back to this city and led her to try to make a difference. And so she got a job working for the Fuse Project. You might have noticed their headquarters. It's right down on Government Street in the corner of Conception. This was a project that was inspired in 2012 by another local couple, Grant and Bree Zarzor. I was blessed to get to know Grant over the past couple months and become friends. Grant grew up here in Mobile. He's half Lebanese. He grew up at St. Paul's and he went to the University of Georgia. While he was at Georgia, he had a very similar experience to Anne mentoring young, impoverished children. And Christ touched his heart and inspired him to do something. And so in 2012, they started the Fuse Project, which looks to spark help to children in our community through different projects. The latest initiative, which brings all three of these people, Grant, Ann, and Freddie together, is something that they are just underway called Purpose Built Communities. It's a national model that looks to zero in on one community, one mile by one mile square area, and to try to partner leaders and people with resource with local leaders of a community to help bring about holistic change and development. And this is where Freddie got roped into this project. Freddie went on to go to college at Alabama A&M University. And then he was accepted into Sanford Law School. And it was very funny to hear him talk about it. He said, you know, I grew up in Africatown, going to Viger, going to Alabama A&M. I'd only ever gone to school with black people. And then all of a sudden, I'm in the white, one of the whitest law schools in America <laughs> working on my law degree. 
And he talked about what a challenge that was because it was different, but what a blessing it was. And he too was touched by Christ and felt called to come back home to Mobile and make a difference. And so over the past several months, they had been, the word they used a lot was trying to become proximate to a community. The community they've chosen to really invest in is right down the street, the historic Avenue community. It's basically the community around Bishop State. And before they can really decide what to do, they said the first thing they have to do is become proximate to these people and become their neighbors to understand what their needs are. And so many of the board members of this community have signed up to be big brothers and big sisters. They're trying to get to know people in this community. And the first question they have to ask these new neighbors is, do you want us to help you? And if so, how can we be helpful? They've had to study the history of this neighborhood, a neighborhood that used to have 130 thriving businesses. It used to be the place in Mobile for black business owners to have stores and to be successful, and now it's a long way from that. Think about, again, the initial question. The person living next to you, you find out they have 25 years less to live than you. As I contemplate Ann Brooks, Freddie Stokes, Grant Zarzar, these three very different people coming together, I hear the words of Christ echoing in my ears. If two or three, if two of you on earth agree about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. As I think about these three people becoming proximate to the people in the historic Avenue community, as I think about them coming to know the lives, the conditions of our neighbors in that community, I hear the Lord speak again. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then St. Paul chimes in, love does no evil to the neighbor. How do these words, how does the testimony of these local young professionals resonate with you? How might God be calling you to step out of your own bubble, whatever that bubble may be, and become proximate to the needs of our neighbors? If you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. As you consider all of this, I will let my friend Mother Teresa have the last word. She once said, It is easy to love people far away. It is not always easy to love those close to us. It is easier to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger than to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved in your own home. Bring love into your home. For this is where our love for each other must start. May it start at home and find its way to our neighbors. From 36608 to 36601 and everyone in between.
Amen.